Madam Clerk. Oral questions by members? Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, for over five years, the soft on crime former Attorney General personally oversaw the worst explosion in random attacks and social chaos in the history of this province. Under repeated questioning by this opposition in the spring, after first denying and minimizing the rise in violent attacks, the, Attorney General, the then Attorney General hired consultants to tell him how to do his job. Now, the NDP's latest move was to hide this consultant's report by releasing it on a Saturday morning of a long weekend, hoping that no one was going to pay attention to the damning conclusions in that failed catch and release program the former Attorney General was, was operating. Look at what's happening in communities every day in this province. We've got young women with strollers being chased and having bottles thrown at them. We've got a young man in Yaletown stabbed to death by a random stranger. We've got violent assaults taking place just outside of these legislative buildings. And that doesn't include the thousands and thousands of cases that go unreported every week in this province. This is what a prob the probation officer said on page 76 of that consultant's report, and I quote, people are being released into community on bail that definitely pose a significant public safety risk. I am talking about machete attacks, attempted murders. These people are being released, end of quote. So my question to the Attorney General is, how many more innocent people have to be assaulted before the NDP abandon the former Attorney General's catch and release program? Attorney General. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and, and I would thank the uh, Honourable Leader of the Opposition for this important question. In her remarks earlier today, the member for Surrey South properly acknowledged the complexity of policing in a modern society, for which I'm grateful. The member said that somehow we have hidden, to use his term, the consultant's report. Let me review what happened, Mr. Speaker. We released the report on October 1st, having promised to do so by the end of the month. But we gave the early acknowledgement of the recommendations and the summary of the report's 28 recommendations in advance of that so people could be repair, uh, prepared to, to address those. We have already uh, indicated that we will be adopting three of those recommendations, and of course, since there's 28, we have a lot more work to do. Um, Mr. Speaker, this is a serious problem, but I think to use cliches such as catch and release is simply not doing justice to the complexity and the severity of the problem. Mr. Speaker, that is not, that is not the case, and the member should know, should know better. Under the federal... Members... Under the Federal Criminal Code and under the Charter of Rights, bail is a constitutional right, and the Criminal Code is, of course, passed by the federal order of government in our country. We have increased the budget under our watch of the Crown Council's office by almost a third, whereas in the last year of the last government's budget, they, they increased the budget of Crown Council by less than 1%. Mr. Speaker, we get it. 
We want to fix it, and we're going to work harder with our partners at the local government to make it right. Leader of the official opposition, supplemental. Well, there, you have it. there you have it, Mr. Speaker. Just as in health care, first, blame the federal government. Second, talk about how much more money they're spending. And third, don't talk about the results that people are seeing in communities every single day. The fact of the matter is, after five years of the, former, of the former Attorney General's catch and release program, we've got chaos in communities from Abbotsford to Terrace. In Vancouver, in Vancouver alone, 40 individuals responsible for 6,000 385 police files in one year alone. The downtown east side described in that very consultant's report as, quote, completely lawless. Criminals emboldened by the lack of enforcement of this government. And four violent random attacks in Vancouver every single day. Most recently, a young woman in Vancouver followed into her apartment, thrown on the ground and assaulted by a young man just the other day. So the comments of the Attorney General are not very comforting for the people that are experiencing this every single day. And the Vancouver police said they recommended that that man that assaulted that young woman just the other day be held in custody. But instead, he was released again with conditions. And if he violates those conditions, he faces no consequences. So typical. When will this Attorney General and this NDP stop ignoring victims of crime and acknowledge that the former Attorney General's catch and release program is not working for communities in every part of the province? Attorney General. Let me begin, Mr. Speaker, by expressing our condolences and our empathy for the victims of this horrific crime to which the member refers. There are many more, as, as I know he will advise this House, and we are aware that we need to do more, and that is why we commissioned the um, Lepard Butler report to give us that very advice. It's a complicated report, it's a thoughtful report, and we of course want to do justice to it. The, the, the Honourable Leader of the Opposition referred to the former uh, Deputy Chief of the Vancouver Police Department, Doug Lepard, as a, quote, so-called expert. Mr. Speaker, that kind, of, uh, that kind of derogation is really not, I think, appropriate. He's a person who knows the street. Mr. Mr. Lepard knows the streets of Vancouver better than probably any police officer. Members, and order. I would suggest, Mr. Speaker, that we do a disservice to the work that was done by simply castigating it in highly personal terms. Now, Mr. Speaker, to suggest that we are merely blaming the federal government is simply not right. We need to partner with the federal government. Now, perhaps the Honourable uh, Leader of the Opposition could consult with the member for Abbotsford West. He might be reminded that the Criminal Code, Bill C-75, is a federal law that our police and our, our Crown Council are administering every single Members. day. 
So, Mr. Speaker, the right to bail, which I, I gather is catch and release, is somehow some, is a charter right in our country. Perhaps the member for Abbotsford West might advise the honourable member of that reality as well. I intend to go next week, Mr. Speaker, to meet my federal counterpart, the honourable David Lametti, Minister of Justice, bring the report to him, talk about concrete ways we can ensure that the criminal code and the bail provisions work in our province, and that is exactly what I will do. <clears throat> Finally, Mr. Speaker, I would remind the member that we did this work in partnership with the Urban Mayor's Caucus. And I have the following to say from the Mayor of Kelowna, Colin Bazran. Today's announcement of the Lepard Butler Report is a path towards action and results for improved public safety, crime reduction and increased support for those most vulnerable in our communities. Mayor Helps of Victoria made similar comments. Mr. Speaker, we know we have to work in partnership with Members. local government, and we know we have to work in partnership with the federal government. That's exactly what we're doing. Member for Surrey South. Mr. Speaker, first I want to remind our Attorney General that Bill C-75 doesn't preclude the Crown from asking uh, or, or making sure that the judge is seized with evidence that an individual should be held in custody when it is appropriate to do so. And I'd like to tell you that last week a prolific offender named Jared Widham attacked a gas station clerk in Abbotsford with a large sword and that it wasn't his first offence. In fact, last year he was convicted of breaking and entering which resulted in just probation and zero jail time, Mr. Speaker. Three months ago, he was found guilty of theft and served only one day in jail. In May, he faced multiple charges, including resisting police, breaching his conditions of release, but those charges were stayed by Crown Counsel. Just last month, he breached his bail conditions for charges related to theft, and those charges were again stayed by the Crown. And just one week before the sword attack, he received probation only and one day in jail for theft. As Sergeant Paul Walker of the Abbotsford Police said, quote, many of these incidents are repeat offenders being continuously released back into our community, end quote. Mr. Speaker, when will the NDP end the catch and release justice system of the soft on crime former Attorney General? Attorney General. Thank you. And Mr. Speaker, I would, uh, I would urge, uh, I would honour the new member and, and welcome her to the House uh, for her first question in this place. Mr. Speaker, the former government chose to abolish a very successful program called the Repeat Offender Management Pilot Program. Now, I raise that because over the weekend, Attorney General will continue. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The repeat offender program, as it was then called, was, uh, was proven to uh, reduce reoffending by 40% in its first year. 
Over the last weekend, I had the opportunity to speak with the chief of police in my community, Ms. Chief uh, Del Manick, who told me that that program had been enormously successful in his community, and he therefore welcomes our decision to be among the 28 recommendations, one of the first being to bring that program back, which the opposition saw fit to cut. Now, Mr. Spoke, Mr. Speaker, there are many other things that need to be done. And in a constructive way, I would have hoped the opposition would have flagged some of those. One, peer-assisted care teams that are rolling out in Victoria and New Westminster, and expanded teams on the North Shore. The root problems involving complex care, housing to provide a higher level of care for people who need it, community transition teams. There are so many things, Mr. Speaker, that we need to do if we're going to get to the root causes of this. I do not think, Mr. Speaker, that the people of British Columbia believe that arresting and enforcing the law, as the members would seem to suggest, is the way to go, is a sufficient. It's a necessary, Mr. Speaker, it's a necessary members. but not sufficient response to a problem that the member herself acknowledged is extraordinarily complex. Members, me members, members. Members will come to order. Members. Attorney General. Mr. Speaker, there is a variety of measures we are taking with our partners at the local level. I intend to raise this issue with the federal government to ensure that we can get their assistance in this problem as well. And we will make sure that our Crown Council do their job as they are doing every single day. Member for Surrey South Supplemental. Mr. Speaker, I'm disheartened, uh, very disheartened. It, it feels to me like our Attorney General's comments are quite detached from the reality of the suffering that is brought on by attacks. As a former police officer, I've witnessed firsthand the impacts on victims of violent attacks. Victims who were traumatized, victims who often face long and arduous emotional and physical recoveries, many victims suffering for years following violent incidents. If the NDP actually cared about the victims of prolific offenders, they would give prosecutors and police the tools to do their jobs, tools like being able to enforce release conditions on prolific offenders and to stop them from committing future crimes. But the report says, and I quote, Crown Council are resistant to approving breach of bail conditions on charges, and it's resulting in an emboldening effect, end quote. Prolific offenders continue to commit violent attacks because they know under the former Attorney General's catch-and-release justice system, there aren't consequences. So, Mr. Speaker, why won't the NDP end the catch-and-release justice system of their soft-on-crime former Attorney General? Attorney General. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The Honourable Member suggests that somehow, in her words, we don't care. That's obviously wrong. We care deeply. That is why we work with our municipal partners. Members, to members, you don't have to editorialize every time somebody makes a statement. Please. Continue. That is why, Mr. Speaker, we worked with our municipal colleagues to ensure we understood what was going on in Kelowna, in Victoria, in Vancouver, in Terrace, in other communities. That is why we are doing the work necessary to understand the reality on the ground to which the member refers. Um, I, I, I think that we have a number of things that are going to occur in light of our decision to reinstate uh, the, uh, the 
prolific offenders program that the government before us cut. For example, we're creating more situation tables in, in communities. So this cross-agency collaboration with the police, with the Crown, with health services, and with community service providers, so we can make sure that we have abilities to, to, to work before incidents of the kind she refers to uh, uh, actually occur. We're making historic investments, Mr. Speaker, to expand access to mental health and addiction services in communities across our province. We, we are committed. Members. We are committed to ending the cycle of re-offending and keep, keeping people from becoming offenders in the first place. Mr. Speaker, I will end with where I started. The Honourable Member herself referred to the complexity of this problem. Simply arresting people out of, uh, out of the situation we know is going to be futile. We need to do so much more, and that is what we're doing. Members, members will come to order. Members, member for Standish North End Islands. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, through you to the Minister of Forests, does she believe that in 2022, in a worsening climate crisis, that burning wood pellets is clean, green energy? Minister of Forests. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I thank the member for this question because there's been quite a bit in the media about pellets lately, and I think it's good to be able to have this discussion. I think pellets, they are a low-value product in, in our industry, and I know that uh, people are saying that uh, pellets are creating more GHG, but in fact they're not. We are selling pellets to countries that are using pellets to lower their usage of coal. So it is a, it's a, a product that is, is used worldwide. It's a product that is made from waste, waste in the forest. And I think I need to make sure I say that because people are saying it is made of whole logs. It is not made of whole logs because if someone was going to sell a whole log to a pellet factory, they would be uh, losing money because logs that are going into saw, uh, saw logs are being uh, getting about $100, $100 a, a, a cubic metre, whereas saw, waste that is going into pellets is, it averages about $25 a cubic metre. So nobody that is involved in the sawmill industry is going to be selling uh, whole logs to go into pellets. And I know that's probably the next question the member is going to ask, but I believe that uh, the pellet industry is one that, is, that we need in this province. It is using up, uh, it's reducing waste in the forest industry, which is an important thing, and, and it's moving forward. We, we know that but it is a, a, a part of the forest industry that is working. Member for Saanich Northern Island, supplemental. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Here's some facts. Uh, Drax is a massive uh, company in the UK. They've been uh, quietly consolidating the wood pellet uh, operations in British Columbia, controlling uh, almost two-thirds of that industry. Um, and you know, to correct the minister, burning wood pellets is actually more carbon intensive than burning coal. Drax regularly lobbies this government, is subsidized by both the UK and the BC government's uh, clean energy funds. They burn millions of tons of wood pellets from British Columbia in their energy plant in Yorkshire, uh, England. Uh, evidence turned up by investigative journalists in Canada and the UK shows that they have acquired tenure that they are logging, grinding, and burning BC old growth forests. 
Last year, the former BC Chief Forester, Diane Nichols, abruptly left her post next uh, to the Minister of Forests to immediately take a job with this company, Drax, as their VP for Corporate Sustainability. The revolving door between the Ministry of Forests and the forest industry uh, continues to turn in this province, Mr. Speaker. So I'm going to ask a very specific question of the Minister of Forests. Through you, Mr. Speaker, will the Minister commit in this assembly and to the people of British Columbia that wood pellet companies are not using whole trees to turn into pellets? Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And you know, I can answer that. Companies are not using whole trees that would be used as saw logs. If they're using a whole tree, it's been burnt, it's been damaged by beetle kill, it, will not be, it wouldn't work as a saw log. So yes, companies might use a whole uh, tree for a pellet factory, but it's a tree that wouldn't be used as a sawmill. And I just uh, wanted to uh, refer to Diane Nichols a woman who had many successes throughout her tenure and did not leave abruptly. She did not leave abruptly. Not only was she BC's first female chief forester, she was also the first woman in Canada. Her expertise and enthusiastic approach to what she did, it, it, it was, it's going to be difficult to replace. She was instrumental in ushering in a new era of forest management in this province and also uh, very successful in, in developing low-carbon economy uh, programs for the forest industry. Um, she did a lot of work and I will make it, I just want to clarify for the record in this legislature, there is not old growth being cut down to utilize in Drax's mills across this province. So I just want to make that clear and put that on the record and correct the member for what he misspoke. Member for Abbotsford West. Mr. Speaker, one of the uh, fundamental responsibilities of governing is to keep people safe. And regrettably, the former Attorney General and, and this government have failed that responsibility. People don't feel safe. They don't feel safe in Abbotsford. They don't feel safe in Terrace. They don't feel safe in Kelowna. They don't feel safe in Victoria. They don't feel safe in Victoria. They don't feel safe across British Columbia. And they don't feel safe because of this catch and release justice system that the previous Attorney General created. He now wants to lead the entire government. Uh, Mr. Speaker. The previous, the previous AG was great at making excuses and pointing the finger at others, the federal government, the courts. Wasn't anything he could do, he said. But the government's own report, Mr. Speaker, makes it clear that that is not so. The government's own report says the Attorney General could issue specific policy directives designed to keep prolific offenders off the street, designed to detain prolific offenders who show no regard whatsoever for the safety of British Columbia citizens. My question to the Attorney General, my question to the Attorney General is, is he finally, after five years of neglect by his predecessor, prepared to issue those policy directives? Attorney General. 
Well, I thank the Honourable Member for Abbotsford West for his question. I, I agree with him entirely. People in our uh, communities all around the province, urban and rural, deserve to feel safe in their communities. That is the government's responsibility. The member is right on that point for sure. We accept that entirely. That is the responsibility of our police services, our Crown, our courts. All of our, the, all of our administration of criminal justice is, is required to do that, and we, of course, accept that responsibility. We're investing in services. That is, I think, the key point, Mr. Speaker. We, there were enormous services cuts that occurred in the past that we are now trying to re-implement. Uh, re services in mental health and support for people with addictions, which is the cause, of course, Mr. Speaker, Members. of some of the, of the violence that is occurring, the, 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 the violence to which other members across the way have referred. Complex care for housing is also required. We need, however, to accept that people need to ac accept consequences for their actions. If there's criminal behaviour that's been proven in a court of law, then of course people should go to jail. Of course there should be consequences for that behaviour. There are a variety of tools, one of which the member referred to in terms of directives, that we will examine. We're looking at all opportunities to make a difference, to keep people safe, because we accept the responsibility that the member referred to. Member for Abbotsford West, supplemental. Thanks, uh, Mr. Speaker. This government has had five years, five years to consider approaches, a specific one that falls exclusively within the authority of the Attorney General. His predecessor refused to exercise that authority. My question to this Attorney General is, will he finally do so? The government and his predecessor constantly excuse and attempt to excuse this criminal behavior as the byproduct of mental illness. Mr. Speaker, there is an element of that, but there are people out there who are bad people, who perpetrate crime, who assault people, who steal because they want to take a shortcut and they don't want to get a job, Mr. Speaker. One of the options available to this government and to the Attorney General are to issue specific directives, a specific directive to prosecutors across British Columbia how to request and demand from the courts the detention of those people who purposely perpetrate criminal behaviour. The question to the Attorney General today, the recommendation contained in his report, he's been on the job now for some months, will he assure the House today that he will act on that recommendation and issue the directives necessary to begin the process of making people feel safe in British Columbia? Attorney General. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Yes, I accept that uh, there are people for whom jail is the only answer. I also accept that there are people for whom mental health facilities are required. There are a variety of responses to deal with this complex problem, but if, you're asking, if the member is asking, Mr. Speaker, if we seek to excuse criminal behavior, of course we don't. And that is why we have the opportunity. 
the minister is the, the member is asking a very specific question. Under the Crown Council Act, we have the, the, the Attorney General has the ability to issue directives. He's asking me today if we're going to do that. Mr. Speaker, my answer remains, as I said in the last intervention, I will examine that and all opportunities to see if that would make a difference, Mr. Speaker, because that Members. is our commitment to make a difference. And yes, I'll say it again, Mr. Speaker, to work with all of our partners in the criminal justice system and municipalities to make sure we get it right. Member for Skeena. Mr. Speaker, I think we can see a pattern developing here. In, in fact, I think the, the Attorney General is going to continue the catch and release program that was actually started by the previous Attorney General. I mean, he said it. Arresting people is futile. He just said it just a little while ago. Over six months ago, in his very house, I asked the former Attorney General why prolific offenders and terrorists continue to be put back in the streets to cause more damage and fear. He laughed it off and dismissed the question. This is what the Mayor and Council of Terrorists BC said, and I quote, the stats don't tell the truth. Crime isn't going down. It's the worst it's ever been. People aren't reporting because there's no point because they're out so fast. We had a stabbing last year and the person was released within 24 hours, end quote. It's not us that are bringing these concerns to this house. It's the Mayor and Councils. It's the police. It's our citizens, it's our business owners that are getting attacked on a daily basis. So here's a statistic for you. In Terrace alone, one individual was arrested over 400 times last year. 400 times. So my question to the Attorney General, when will the NDP start caring about the victims of crime and end the catch and release justice system of their soft on crime former Attorney General? Attorney General. Mr. Speaker, I must begin by saying we care deeply about the victims of crime, and to suggest otherwise is very unfortunate. Of course Members. we do. What I intended to say, Mr. Speaker, is that you cannot simply arrest your way out of this problem. I said that it, going that there, it is a necessary but not sufficient condition to address this complicated problem. I stand by that assertion, Mr. Speaker. We need to take a variety of measures. We need to deal with the root causes of the crime. Mr. Speaker, in the members' community of terrorists... Members... Attorney General, just take your seat. Just wait. Members, members, order. Attorney General, we'll Mr. Continue. Speaker, at the Union of BC Municipalities meeting, I had the opportunity to meet with members of the Terrace Council, the Mayor elect, and others, and had an opportunity to understand some of the issues that the member uh, uh, for Skeena has brought to the attention of this House. There are a lot of people who are hurting in that community for a variety of reasons. We care deeply about the victims of the crime, and we need to find solutions that are lasting. To, to suggest that we can simply arrest our way out of the problem is not going to be a sufficient solution. It's a necessary part of the solution, but if the, if the members opposite think that is the way we're going to address this complex, complex problem, they're wrong.
The bell ends the question period.